Godzillas of all shapes, set and no, let me start over. <laughs> Sorry. I never start over on those, but for some no, reason, you, it don't. It, you messed it up. Hit. Yeah, I messed up because I typed something wrong. All right, here we go. <laughs> You're having trouble tonight, dude. All right, you go ahead. Godzillas of all shapes and sizes, six different films, three different universes. It's the Rewa Legendary Rodown Lowdown. First double, Rodan Lowdown. Rodan Lowdown. It doesn't make any sort of sense, but we're <laughs> going with it because of the Heisei Hoedown and the Millennium Millennium Modown. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Dang it. It's a good night. It's a good oh. night, my friends. And this is going to be the best episode you've ever listened to. <laughs> <laughs> the best episode of what, Alex? What are we listening to? Uh, the Monsters vs. Men podcast, the bargain basement of podcast Godzilla Airwaves. <laughs> you almost got that out coherently. Nice work. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm leaving all your screw-ups in now, so you just wait. <laughs> uh, well, we're still trying our best to stay alive as we conquer Godzilla one era at a time. And we do indeed have our final era of the Godzilla series, Alex. Mm, sayonara, sweet Godzilla. We will have one more bonus episode. Um, not bonus episode. One What's more full-length no. <laughs> episode uh, that is, you know, a full Godzilla recap. You know, it's a, kind of a celebration send-off Ooh. of Godzilla uh, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, one could say a Godzilla... Uh- <laughs> One could say a Godzilla-sized recap, Eric. Oh, I love it. I love it, Alex. Man, (laughs) you are on top of your game tonight. (laughs) We're at the end We both are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But man, a a lot has happened once again, Alex, between now and our last showdown. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we participated in Kaiju Quarantine 2, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Once again, we had awesome guests this time around, and we just continue to see more and more people join the conversation um, that we're having on the podcast. It's extending out, and I'm having a good time doing it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got, and and we also released our first two bonus episodes. Indeed. Yes, we did. Mm. Uh, Maybe more to come soon. We shall see. Yeah, yeah. Some future announcements are in store. (laughs) Stay tuned. All right, Alex, do you want to get into it? Yes, let's hear it. Let's break it down. What are we doing? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I didn't know if we were talking about people's comments yet or not, or if you had rolled those into your thing, so never mind. All right, okay. (laughs) Okay, so... So we are really mixing two different entities here this time around. So we got the Reiwa era from Toho, which includes Shin Godzilla and the anime trilogy. 
Uh, both movies are unanimously praised across all uh, all of the community, just like oh, yeah. the legendary MonsterVerse, the other half <laughs> of this era, which uh, at this point for us contains mm-hmm. Godzilla 2014 and King of the Monsters with, hopefully, if we're lucky, King Kong versus Godzilla will come later on this year. We'll see. But my question for you, Eric, is... Which of these entities do you prefer and why? Yes. Well, you're right. All of these films are unanimously praised among everybody online. <laughs> I've seen it. But to me, there isn't much of a debate here, actually. Um, I've got to go with the Reiwa, what I would say the Reiwa films. You know, so Shin Godzilla and the anime trilogy. Um, I just think they bring innovation story-wise mm-hmm. to the franchise. And I know various listeners and fans, they have their own issues with Shin and the anime trilogy. Um, but I think they're the most innovative stories that we've seen in a while since GMK. Um, I think the legendary MonsterVerse films, they've been fine overall. Um, and I'll wait till the end to kind of rank these. But I'm really interested in what Godzilla iteration uh, could come next. Because right. as much as I believe Godzilla versus Kong has the potential to be so much fun. I, I I know what to expect with that film. Right. Yet with the anime trilogy and Shin Godzilla, I don't know what we could see next from Toho, you know? Um, so I'm interested to see what comes next. What about you? Yeah. So honestly it is, it's actually really hard for me because the Reiwa era is something that has really proven to be super experimental. And I love that it does that. It's heavier than almost anything we've seen from the series so far. And it really stretches the idea of what it means to be a Godzilla movie in like really meaningful ways. And I genuinely love it. On the other hand, Legendary has proven they know how to handle a more conventional Godzilla as well. The first movie kind of feels like a tonal experiment, while King of the Monsters feels like giving me the Showa movie I always wanted. I'm genuinely conflicted. On one hand, Shin is quite possibly the best Godzilla movie, period. On the other hand, King of the Monsters might be my favorite Godzilla movie. And I think that's an important distinction to make for me, is that King of the Monsters, I might like King of the Monsters more, even though I don't consider it the best. Hmm. I think I'll go with the Reiwa era, though, just because it really took some risks with a series that I didn't think were quite possible. Nice. Well, I would disagree that King of the Monsters is like the best Showa era films. I would say it's more like the best Heisei era films. Oh, or as we used to, as we used to say, Alex, the Hasai films. <laughs> you know what? We we've gotten so used to saying it correctly. I, could, I forgot I that we used to say it wrong for like the first three movies of that series. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But here's another question for you, Alex, about this era. And it comes from our friend Corey. Um, which of the film's original soundtracks did you most enjoy? Ooh, that's a really tough one. Cause uh, I really enjoy Shin Godzilla's soundtrack. Cause it really brings a lot of those those tracks from the Showa era that were like the cream of the crop and they're really well used, but really the more pounding King of the Monsters soundtrack 
really is awesome. And it just barely edges out that Shin Godzilla soundtrack. I, I can't help but keep going back to it. And I keep rem- I keep remembering the, the Rodan scene that we keep talking about. The Rodam scene <laughs> <laughs> that we talked about. And it really that scene really illustrates that great use of music in the film. So I want to go King of the Monsters. What about nice. you? Well, interestingly enough, I actually thought Shin Godzilla was really good too. And it would, it's really hard for me to say that anything could top uh, Shiro Sagisu's. I always pronounce that wrong, I'm sure. <laughs> Shin soundtrack. Um, if you would ask me if there's anything that could top it after I watched it, I'd say absolutely not. There's just so many great moments in that score and the soundtrack that make Godzilla so haunting. You know, those right. operatic numbers that I mentioned on our episode during the nighttime destruction scene, I really love those. Um, mm-hmm. However, however, the soundtracks that I actually keep coming back to when, you know, I might be working on grading something or uh, I'm working on this podcast are actually Hattori's scores from the anime trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, each of those soundtracks in the anime trilogy got increasingly better. Planet of the Monsters, Sitting on the Edge of Battle, and then Planet Eater is my absolute favorite. There's just this certain level of understated chill to those soundtracks that make them less in your face than many of the, the soundtracks um, that have come before, including Ifukube's, that make them unique in their own right and just allow me to kind of listen to them without being always distracted by them if that makes right. sense no it makes sense i've got all kinds of soundtracks that i listen to for that specific purpose to because i don't think i'd be able to focus with king of the monsters soundtrack playing <laughs> you know no probably not <laughs> so yeah I, I totally understand you'd be in the middle of work and just kind of be getting hype about every three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'd just be sitting there like jamming a little bit, and then all of a sudden all my coworkers will hear me go, Rodam! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, Yeah, so I, I got a question for you, Eric. So okay. what were your biggest surprises watching these movies? Well, actually, I, I have to say that I was surprised at how much I enjoyed King of the Monsters. I I didn't expect it. Um, (laughs) A lot of that had to do with my own expectations going into the film. They were low to say the least, right? But I can honestly say that I enjoyed myself for the majority of that movie. And at the beginning of the series, I would have never expected to enjoy it that much. It wasn't like I was thinking to myself, oh, I can't wait till we get to King of the Monsters. (laughs) I didn't expect to engage intellectually with it at all. Um, And to be honest, it wasn't necessarily an intellectual thrill ride more than just a super fun time, if you know what I mean. Um, But what about you? What what surprises did you have while watching? Mine's gotta be, you know, you know, I've already seen all these movies. So going back through the biggest surprise has to be how much I love the anime trilogy. I remember liking the first two entries. And I mentioned a couple of times on the show that, I was ultimately disheartened by the final entry and I thought the ending was kind of garbage, but upon another viewing and I think things really came together for me when I started writing my thoughts down on the movie, I really came to understand the movies in a way that I just don't know if it was possible for me when I'm just sitting there and trying to reflect writing down notes 
for really all of these movies has usually connected things that I would never have thought of. So the anime hmm. trilogy has got to be the biggest surprise. Nice. Well, in this era, Alex, who do you think was Godzilla's biggest foe? Uh, preconceived notions of what a Godzilla movie should be. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But no, but, but really, I think Godzilla's biggest foe this time around is actually humanity. And it really, that really seems to be the key for most of these movies, mostly because they are the primary antagonist for Godzilla, especially when you look at Shin Godzilla, Planet of the Monsters, and City on the Edge of Battle. And even to a point, uh, you could argue uh, Planet Eater, because Haro has to make a choice on who he hates more. <laughs> or, who, or actually, rather, it's a more of a choice about what he cares about more, not necessarily right. hates more. So uh, I think that really elevates things, especially the anime trilogy for me. Humanity's central role in the entire trilogy is really what I think elevates that series. But what about you? So I'm going to take a literal stance here, Alex, and say Godzilla's biggest foe was Mecha Godzilla City. <laughs> because it was... <laughs> A city, you know, yeah, and and, yeah. and honestly, people really hate the city, and I, I understand really why based on marketing of the film. Um, but one thing about the whole anime trilogy that I think I'm starting to understand is how much their atmospheres play a major part in the tone and feeling they're trying to create. Mm-hmm. In Planet of the Monsters, it was all about the threat of nature, and it used that dangerous jungle to create that atmosphere. Planet Eater was more about the threat of this existential despair, and it used a whole other dimension. Sitting on the edge of battle, though, it tackles the threat of technology, and Mechagodzilla City encapsulates that threat. And really, if it's not for Haruo, Mechagodzilla City traps and takes down Godzilla without much of an issue. Yeah, Mm, good point. Uh, So, I'm going to ask you a question that we've asked a couple times. But which film has the potential to change you and in what ways? In other words, did any of these films teach you anything? I love the way you asked that question, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) It was almost seductive in its tone. Well, you know, that's my natural uh, speaking ability. (laughs) Well, I've got to say, yes, that there is a film that I think has taught me some things. And, And for me, that has to be Shin Godzilla. Um, it's it's very similar to Kurosawa's Ikiru and how it challenged me to question and challenge bureaucracy in similar ways. Um, I've listened to some opposing viewpoints now that bring up Shin's nationalism and focus on Prime Minister Abe's response to the film. And I'm not here to deny that those arguments uh, are 100% wrong. I think those arguments are intriguing and some of them may even be valid. And I think they need to be acknowledged. Absolutely. But I also think that without acknowledging the complexity of the themes in Shin Godzilla, we're actually doing an injustice to the artists and the power of art to transcend expectations, boundaries, and even the creator's intention sometimes. Um, To me, it's a testament to Shin Godzilla and director Anno specifically that so many people can take so many different things from that film. No one in that film is fully good or fully evil. No one 
is spared blame here. Not even the main protagonist, Yaguchi, mm-hmm. right? Every single person uh, has blame for their actions or has some sort of ramifications for their actions. So for me, it had to be Shin Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, mine is actually, I kind of mentioned this already in our previous recap, I think. And previously I mentioned how... Godzilla can be used in all this wide range of genres. And I even mentioned hard sci-fi, which I think we get a decent amount of in the Godzilla anime. But I think we've expanded past genre limitations now. And we're more in line with philosophical and analytical horizons that were really hinted at a good bit in the Showa era. But this has really elevated what Godzilla can do. We've now been shown that Godzilla really is this endless well that can be gone back to to derive new themes, teach new lessons, and bring forth a whole bunch of new ideas that are not just nuclear energy. And I really, really like that. Nice. No, I like that. I like that. Um, Without further ado, though, Alex, it's time for our awards. And... We, we actually don't have enough films here to use them only once if you do like a runner up, but we try not to repeat films here in, in these awards, yeah. but we'll start with the coolest character award. Who did you have for your coolest character? Yeah, I had to pick Sirizawa, but I had to pick Sirizawa from King of the Monsters because I really like Ken Watanabe's portrayal of this character who is absolutely 100% caring for these monsters and his moments with Godzilla before he has to revive him and thus ending his own life are really poignant. I just, the character has a lot of depth without having to talk a lot. And he's just a joy whenever he's on screen. So he's got to be my coolest character. What about you, Eric? He's, he's definitely awesome. Uh, But I'm going to go with, Void God or Void Ghidorah, almost said Void Godzilla, <laughs> Void Ghidorah, um, and this was Thomas Fairchild's pick on Twitter at Progresszilla, and I completely agree with him. This is that type of Ghidorah that feels otherworldly and especially dangerous because Godzilla can't even harm him at first, mm-hmm. right? Um, plus, you you get that scene where he attacks the ship. Uh, and warps time. That's just especially so awesome cool. that we've yeah. talked about multiple times. Uh, yeah. But I also just real quickly, I want to say thanks to everybody that responded uh, to my thread on Twitter about these awards and about our rating and ranking. We had so many great responses. We're not even going to be able to get to all of them. So I appreciate your responses. Uh, I'll, we'll get to as many as possible and talk about as many as possible. Um yeah. One that I wanted to talk about was my runner-up for this category, and this was Joshua Strip Matters and at Ben JDM's choice, and it was Ogashira from Shin Godzilla. You know, the biologist who was right about <laughs> <Yes>. everything <laughs> in her own quiet way. She was right. awesome. She was my choice, if you remember, Alex, for coolest character um, yes. in Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she's a really good character. Uh, the 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 fact that she's willing to take risks and ri- risk her reputation really says a lot about the character. It makes her interesting. Yeah, but yeah. So, do you have any more of those for this one or not? Nope. Okay. All right. Uh, so, 
Uh, what about your most memorable line award, Eric? Well, I will give you my runner-up first and then my actual award. Because you know for these recap episodes, I love some runner-ups, Alex. Yes, I know. <laughs> uh, and my, my runner-up comes from Corey, Monster Island Film Vault, Nathan. Uh, several people said this specific line. And it's sometimes to heal our wounds, Sarazawa. Sometimes to heal our wounds, we must make peace with the demons who made them. Mm-hmm. Great line. It right? is a great line. And and I almost picked that one, but there was another Sarazawa line. Uh, Manuel Martinez mentioned this one. Uh, Ken Bachelman, who pretty much disagrees with our takes on everything, Alex. I agreed <laughs> with him here. And it was, the arrogance of men is thinking nature is in our control and not the other way around. Let them fight. I love that line from Sarazawa in 2014. It's such a memorable line, Alex, that it's actually referenced again in King of the Monsters, right? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's classic. It's so good. Yeah, what about you? It is. Uh, mine is the line from uh, Planet Eater that actually I think you actually had this as one of your awards, and I used this in our bonus episode, I believe, but... At times like this, I find myself jealous to those that have a God to pray to. I still Galagoo. really like that line. Yep, Galagoo. I really like that line of what it means for the series and how that really plays out for each of the four factions in the film. It, it's really interesting to me that I just like it when there's things early in a series that play in the later series. So <laughs> there it is. Oh, and oh, I'll wait. Like I gotta do, I'll do a runner up too because since you're doing well. Sirizawa's got that lizard juiced. <laughs> yeah, that, that I is said that off the top of my head, so that may not have been exactly, <laughs> exactly the same. But I, <laughs> actually, no, wait, that was actually. Uh, I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Kyoe Toshi. That was her, that was her line that she had put. So it's a good one. Yeah, it's a great one. <laughs> what about your can't believe the acting award, Alex? Uh, mine's. Again, I had this one as one of my awards already, but it's got to be the controller. Uh, it's the woman on the bridge that is reading all the things that are happening on the ship as Ghidorah attacks it in space. And there's the space-time distortions that are just essentially throwing readings off. And she's seeing people that are dead, seeing people are dead, including herself, before she is actually dead. And it's actually absolutely horrifying, and it's perfect nice. what about you i like that you went with a can't believe that voice acting award that's yes. pretty awesome but mm-hmm. my runner-up uh comes from a friend of the podcast james davies and he brought up brian cranston which several people brought up brian cranston um his character joe joseph um as their favorite character and standout performance but one thing we didn't mention in our godzilla 2014 episode was uh cranston's Stone Age speech, right? Mm-hmm. And it is such a powerful it's so speech. Good. It's really great. I, I'm not sure why we didn't bring it up, but we just <laughs> didn't. There's, there, there were so many other things we wanted to talk about, but that was a great point, James. Thanks for sharing that. For my Can't Believe the Acting Award, I'm actually going to go with Juliet Binoche from 2014. I didn't choose her as my can't believe the acting award in Godzilla 2014 because I actually chose Elizabeth Olsen. Um, I thought Benoche actually maybe didn't have enough screen time to choose her there. Uh, right. So instead, I'm going to choose her. 
for the entire era as my can't believe the acting award. Um, Just because I think like even in those small moments at the beginning of, of 2014, even before we get to like the death scene um, where she's behind that glass, her dialogue with Brian Cranston just shows a a layered, layered emotions um, and a relationship. It establishes a relationship that makes that later scene where she is behind the glass possible. So I've got to go with Juliette Binoche there. Yeah. I mean, you, you immediately understand that she really cares for her kid and her family in general. And she really sells that and makes you immediately care for her, which like you said, is pretty impressive. Absolutely. All right, Eric, what about your standout effect? Well, I'll start with my runner-up, and I I have a feeling that my runner-up might be your actual standout effect, Alex. Maybe. uh, Zimzilla brought this up as well on Twitter, and he said the Rodan dogfight scene. And it is an absolutely epic scene. It really Um, is. But my standout effect is everything that involves the atomic breath and Shin Godzilla. Mm. It, in fact, it's one of my standout scenes of Godzilla, period. And here's what artist Alex Encanter had to say about that moment. Quote, This beam feels like a fire hose that cannot be shut off. It sprays out with so much force and cuts through scenery like a giant lightsaber. The visual spectacle and horror in that scene stands at the top for me. And I agree. Pretty awesome yeah. scene. Yes, I agree. And that's why it was actually my standout effect award too, Eric. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. It's haunting when he switches from the from the propane to the laser, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's really cool. And then when, thing, when we find out that he has this really keen radar sense and is able to use the laser out of his back, I call it a laser, but I guess it's like a really fine breath. Really fine right. Purple breath. Um, it, it's a really cool moment. And I, I, again, I mentioned it last time, but I really like that there is a trade-off for him using this ability. And it's that he literally can't move for days <laughs> after using it, which is pretty yeah. cool. What about your, oh, that's a good shot award? Uh, it's got to be the Halo jump from 2014. It's just one of the coolest Godzilla human moments in the entire series. It is so cool and haunting with that music. And, you know, them falling on San Francisco is cool, but I've really come to really like that moment where they're in between the layers of clouds with, as I said before, the storm rolling in on that left side. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty perfect. What about you? Yeah. Well, my runner-up comes from uh, Vector Convoy, and he says the Scarlet Godzilla in the second anime film. And I think what he's referring to is when Godzilla rises out of the ashes, right? Yes. And that was awesome. That was my standout effect of that movie, City on the Edge of Battle. I loved it. But what I have to go with is that nighttime Shin Godzilla long shot where we just see Shin Godzilla there. There's the smoke at night um, and Shin is lit up and staring directly at the camera. And that, that (laughs) scene is just going to be imprinted on my mind for a very long time. (laughs) 
It's so cool. You know, we never talked about how his jaw opens up when he does the fire. It's absolutely horrifying <laughs> when, when that happens. Because you do it's not expect true. Godzilla's jaw, bottom jaw to split in half. Oh, yeah. So cool. So cool. But, Eric, go, come on. Lead us in. Lead us oh, into well, this you, next one. You know what time it is, Alex. <laughs> you know what time it is. It is no holds bar in Moscow, right? It is time for our rankings battle. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, All right? ding, ding. Uh, so we'll start with the uh, lowest that we rated the lowest and we will move up to our number one choice for our ranking in yeah. the Rewa legendary Godzilla era. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to go first? What was yeah. your lowest ranked film well, of the series? And, and before I really give my rankings, I do want to lay out that this is the hardest <laughs> rankings that I've had to do so far because I genuinely really like all these movies. Hmm. The, the, these six are some of my favorites and at least, at least three, if not four of these are in my top 10. So wow. yeah, the, even, even my last place one, it was not an easy one to put there. So with that being said, number and Hey, I have no problem putting, pulling punches. You all seen my views on all monsters attack. Um, number six, <laughs> Godzilla the Planet Eater is my okay. last place movie of the Rewa legendary era. What about you, Eric? My last place movie yeah. is Godzilla 2014. Well, <laughs> which before, is no surprise. <laughs> no, it's not. Now, what's your number five? Because that's really going to determine things. <laughs> my number five is Planet of the Monsters. Interesting. My number what five is got. Well, my number five is Godzilla 2014. Okay. So, so that means 2014 should probably be, be at the it, end of our yeah. definitive list because we if in case you're just now joining us, we are here to create the definitive list that can't be <laughs> argued against. That's right. So, I've actually got Godzilla Planet of the Monsters as number 4 for me. So, okay. that'll put that probably at the well, what's your number 4? My four is King of the Monsters, which I know is going to be higher up for you. So, and we'll talk about that some more here because here's the thing, Alex, on Twitter, when I asked this question, everybody, I mean, everybody (laughs) either said Shin Godzilla or King of the Monsters. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I believe one or two people said something along the lines of Godzilla 2014 is my favorite. But the best is Shin Godzilla. Kind of like you have said with King of the Monsters versus Shin Godzilla. Um, But my number four is King of the Monsters. But Mm. that might go up in our definitive rankings here. Yeah. So I think number six has to be Godzilla 2014. Right. I think we can say number five can be Planet of the Monsters. Well, well, Uh, well, because. Okay. Planet Eater which is your lower one, is my number two, which we'll get to. So keep that in mind. All right. I'm not going to put anything in the concrete right here. Hmm. Um, all right. So that means my number three is actually City on the Edge of Battle. Wait a minute. You like City of the Edge of Battle more than you do or you I, used I to. I changed it. Oh I changed God. it. Yeah. What was, wait, what was your number four? Planet of the Monsters. Okay. 
That's right. And your number three was City on the Edge of Battle. Okay. Yes. My number three is City on the Edge of Battle too. So I can move Planet Eater down to number four. Okay. Now put Planet of the Monsters at five, Planet Eater at four, City on... Wait, no. Yeah. yeah City yeah. on the Edge of Battle at three. Because three. I'm okay with that because those two are very, very close for me. Very close. Yeah. See, um, it sucks. It almost sucks ranking these because I like all of them so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, it becomes really difficult for me from rankings two and two through five. Those are virtually very, very similar. Uh, I have a definitive favorite and a definitive least favorite, and others yeah, are. You do. Yeah. In between. Uh, well, you know, my, num- my number two is Godzilla King of the Monsters, which okay. somehow you've relinquished number two to me, which is very nice of you, Eric. <laughs> I'm okay with that just because I want to listen to also what some of our fans are saying um, yeah. or what some of our friends of the podcast are saying, really. Um, they're huge fans of this movie. Um, so we had Ted Fox on Twitter say, the best movie I'd say is Shin, but I'll admit that King of the Monsters is something that five-year-old me had always dreamed of. I remember always seeing that in my mind while watching Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. My friends only saw the puppets. I saw the monsters, which I thought was cool. (laughs) Yeah, I do like that. I think it's Um, interesting that other people are making that same distinction where they know or they feel that they know because these are all opinions. But uh, that Shin Godzilla is the superior movie, but their favorite is King of the Monsters or something to that effect, like me. And I'm wondering, like, you know, just just a thought. I'm not going to make a decision right now, but does that mean that King of the Monsters is a better movie for these for me and other people? Does that mean that it's actually a superior movie, or is it just us having the ability to separate, or do are we just doing that because we know that that's what we should be saying? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that either. Um, I, don't know. I think I there just, is I a like distinction. <laughs> uh, no, I think there is a distinction between things that we personally enjoy and things that we try to see a little bit more critically. Right. If that makes I, sense. I, I think I think that's probably the right way. But I just thought it was an interesting question to ask. I don't know. Yeah. No, it is. Um, Zipper said his favorite film is King of the Monsters. If I peel back the layers to find the substantive hearts of both films, I find Shin and King of the Monsters are actually fantastic parallels of one another that would normally make it a toss-up. But I have to side with King of the Monsters. It's my childhood fantasy made real. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Madison Russell, <laughs> which, mm-hmm. you know, okay, she's kind of biased, at, at, you know, as we say, but at Madison, at Maddie Russell 04, <laughs> she's got to be biased here, but she says Godzilla, King of the Monsters, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did she has, say her favorite character was her dad? Because she better have. No, she said her favorite character <laughs> was herself. <laughs> Fair enough. And then uh Tahir Dablon said King of the Monsters because that movie puts the biggest smile on my face. Despite mm-hmm. the flaws and valid criticism, I'm always thoroughly happy while watching it. 
right? Which kind of goes back to what you're saying, right? You can acknowledge those flaws, but you still have a great time watching it. Right. But I I think, Alex, that leads us to our favorite film, or at least my favorite film. It's kind of a toss-up for you, I think. But my favorite film. I think it's unabashedly... well, I've already mentioned it, and it might be a hot, hot topic, but this is possibly what I think is the best Godzilla movie. Period. Not yeah. just of this era, of all of them. So, yeah. Shin Godzilla. This is a big claim. <laughs> I, I'm big still claim. siding with Gojira myself. I think um, I am too, because of the emotion that it makes me feel at the very end of the film. Oh yeah, uh, it's yeah. not something I feel at all in this film. So uh-huh. the the ability to elicit an emotion from me is a big a big yeah. point for Gojira. Absolutely. And plenty of people, of course, sided with Shin Godzilla as well. Uh, our friend G-Man says, uh, Shin Godzilla had the guts to be something fresh while giving us a snapshot of the current socio-political climate in Japan. Even audiences outside the country have been given something to think about with this <laughs> film. And no matter what side of the fence you think it represents, which I think yeah. is a great point. Um, yeah. Eric Matthews said, I liked his description here. He said, Shin Godzilla was his favorite. Tragic, funny, dripping with style. Feels like Aaron Sorkin wrote a monster movie. I like that. That's a Mm -hmm. good comparison. That is a good comparison. (laughs) And then uh, Jordan McCloskey says, the best of the most recent films is Shin Godzilla. A lot of people dislike the boring stuff, but I quite enjoyed the political drama parts. They were hilarious. And I I thought so too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. We I both. think I described it that episode as boring and funny at the yeah, same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I thought it was hilarious. Absolutely. Yes. Anything you want to add about Shin Godzilla here? You know, I I think I've said it all, Eric. I think I've said it all. And and, and you know, my my views are the definitive views. So any others that dissent are just doing it to be cool. So I would say <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I would say definitely look into um, all the viewpoints of Shin Godzilla. Yeah. I haven't thought about a Godzilla film as much as I've thought about Shin Godzilla. <laughs> um, hmm. Seriously, yeah. and like, like even more than than Gojira, uh, even more than GMK, I've thought about Shin Godzilla more than any other Godzilla film. Just examining it from all angles. Um, and trying to get my mind around it. But I still, when I come back to it uh, and what I get from the film, I, I, I just think it's the standout film uh, of this yeah. era uh, for me without question. Yeah, I would encourage anybody, though, who's interested, you know, go take a look at um, Kaiju Transmissions um, podcast. Go ahead, go ahead, take a look at that. Take a look at their opposing viewpoints. Make up your own mind for how you feel about Shin Godzilla. Don't take our word for it necessarily. Um, I think there's a lot of lot to love, uh, and plenty others do. do too. But I can understand um, why some might may not have those same feelings. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It's a standout film. It's got fresh ideas. It's got some questions that are left unanswered that I really, I, I when it's done right in a movie. It really elevates it, I feel like. And this one how it was properly done. Sometimes you get those questions left at the end of horror movies in particular that are just like, oh, that that was just done to to do X, Y, elicit an emotion from me for some reason. But 
Shin Godzilla fires on all cylinders the whole time, I feel like. And there is a lot to dig to. Now, Eric, I will say the Godzilla, the anime trilogy, I've actually thought about more probably than any of the other Godzilla movies. So, nice. But Shin Godzilla definitely gave me plenty to chew on. <laughs> this era in general, and it might be just because uh, more people are talking about this era because it's more recent. But this era in general gave us a lot to chew on, I would say. Yeah, for real. For real. And, and, and it's almost one of my... I mean, the era's not over yet. We'll see. But it it's one of my favorite eras. And then that's probably something we'll have to talk about next week. What era was our favorite? Oh, going to make some people mad with that one. <laughs> uh, we, we probably will. And Especially when okay, we Alex. both pick Heisei. <laughs> all right eric real quick i'm gonna go through our rankings uh, starting at number six godzilla 2014 number five godzilla planet of the monsters number four godzilla the planet eater number three godzilla city on the edge of battle number two godzilla king of the monsters and number one shin godzilla nice uh next week we're going to be having our final hoorah for the Godzilla series as we look ahead to Gamera. It's going to be a sad time. We're going to have to pop some champagne, celebrate, and also wave goodbye to an old friend. Yes. <laughs> Do you have a rhyme for next week, Alex? What are we calling next week? Then I'll make a rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Mm. The, the Godzilla go down? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah! No. I'm going to call it the Godzilla wrap-up Q&A. Eric. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm calling it. Eric. Well, we both know who gets to edit and name these episodes on the actual podcast. Well, here's, so. here's what I'll say. I just made that, but here's, here's my rhyme that I just came up with, because I, I actually forgot this week, too, Alex. Here's my rhyme. Yeah. I'll say in the Godzilla series wrap up, do Alex's views make Eric want to break up? <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Okay, Eric. Uh- <laughs> right now, you're, right. you're killing me, man. You're killing me. All right. You want me to spit it out for you? Yes, please. All right. Next week, we tell Godzilla farewell. Will Alex and Eric think that it was swell or will both of our hearts melt because of what Eric and Alex smelt? Felt? Felt would be better. I guess felt. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, this this may not have been our greatest episode of all time, Alex. (laughs) Well, you know. Maybe we should just tell people every episode that it's our best one, and yeah. that way they can expect a consistent level of disappointment. There you go. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Twitter at MVM underscore pod. On Letterboxd, we're Eric Neely and Alex Cornett. You can email us feedback. Tell us how wrong or how right we were. Uh, about our rankings and ratings. If you had any coolest characters that stood out to you that we didn't mention, any standout effects, great shots, let us know. MVMPod at gmail.com. Until next week, though. 
Try to stay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> have you watched any more Ultraman? Yeah, I have. It's getting oh. crazy. In the teens, it gets kind of crazy. Yeah, it, it, starts, like it. it starts getting better. I like the episode I just watched. It had like this alien guy that came. And... <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> no, but listen, this one, this one did a lot. And there was that scene where uh, Hayata, is that his name? Was in yeah. space and he goes and he looks in the window and he sees the alien has taken over. Oh, and then he yeah. goes back to his ship and the alien's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> yeah. I think it really starts once Ultraman gets that redesign. It really I think changes. The show really improves. Yeah. Yeah. The first 10 episodes are kind of a slog, but the last 10 they have are. been really cool. Yeah. yeah, once they quit narrating what happens when a light comes on, <laughs> yeah, it, it does improve. Them. Yeah, 